Kim Schmidt, Managing Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to this episode of Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast series. In this episode, brought to you by Iron Solutions, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC talks with Kurt Miller of Heritage Tractor and Michael Leggy of True North Equipment. If you're tuning in for the first time, I encourage you to subscribe via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you are alerted when each upcoming episode is released. Before we turn things over to Casey, Kurt, and Michael, a quick word from Iron Solutions, who's making this podcast a reality. Iron Solutions provides dealers with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. Their Iron Search and Iron Guides are all about managing your dealership more efficiently and profitably, while Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. So, Kurt, let's go ahead and get started with you. Give me a little background on yourself, a little background on Heritage Tractor, and what, what the crop mix looks like down there. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, my name's Kurt Miller. I um, work for Heritage Tractor. And uh, so, yeah, I, I grew up personally on a, on a cattle farm and uh, started working at a dealership um, in the parts department, then moved to uh, sales. Um, then I moved down to uh, join Heritage Tractor's team in 2011. Um, as a salesman, uh, got promoted to managing uh, Atchison location, and then recently uh, promoted to equipment remarketing manager to handle the used equipment for Heritage Tractor. Uh, we are a nine-store uh, dealership uh, serving eastern Kansas and western Missouri, and um, you know we've got uh, a delay in harvest right now. Uh, it seems like we're about two weeks behind. Um, our normal schedule and you know the weather it snowed here um, on Halloween just enough that guys had to stop harvest and so uh, we've had enough rain delays and weather delays that we just kind of been uh, been delayed but uh, looks like the forecast is going to hang tight here and we're going to get through it so uh, we'll be glad to get harvest behind us. Yeah, it seems like everyone I've talked to so far about harvest uh, on this podcast has, has described the, the same situation. So it's uh, it's it's a struggle out there this year to get things get things put up and rolling. Michael, give me a little background on yourself and uh, True North Equipment. Uh, I'm Mike Lettie. I grew up here in the River Valley in North Dakota. Um, grew up on a small grain and cattle farm. Uh, after I left the farm, I did a few other things, and now I am with True North Equipment. I've been with them for four years as a used equipment coordinator uh true north is four stores in northeast north dakota northwest minnesota with uh we kind of border right on the red river between north dakota and minnesota in the northern half uh it's called the red river valley here we we have a wide range uh, we have everything from wheat soybeans edible beans potatoes sugar beets is a one of the main crops here in the valley and we have corn also so we kind of have a wide range of everything here in the valley and we uh we tend to get cold up here so we have a very uh, short growing season. So how's sugar beet harvest coming? Are you guys uh, plugging right along, or is it still a little bit of delay uh, out there? No. We, um, actually, you know, as you said, most guys are struggling. We actually, sugar beet harvest was probably one of the fastest ones I've seen in years. It was done in about two weeks. We had perfect uh, conditions, no shutdowns, no rain, and uh, guys just flew through the beets. We had a great beet crop. Uh, sugar content's really good this year. So um, I've heard a lot of, a lot of positive things on the beet harvest. Yeah. And sugar beet harvest is kind of the same way for us. We're still trying to get the crop out of the field, and it's been a bit of a struggle this year. We've been 
early we we struggle with uh, temperature. We're the uh, same way. High tons, high sugar content. So hopefully uh, our sugar beet guys are gonna gonna make some money this year, and we can sell them some more equipment. So let's take a look at at Kurt. Take a look at your fall harvest right now. I, you, like you said earlier, you know it's been a struggle to get things through uh, through harvest. You know, it looks like corn harvest is being delayed, and you know, are your soybeans done? You guys have that all cut and up, or are you still working on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, still working on soybeans and corn. It's really a mixture. Uh, you know, some guys got started early on corn, and then it uh, they you know ran it out of uh, dry corn, and so they moved over to soybeans. Uh, the majority of guys are getting them wrapped up. But uh, I'd say the biggest delay is weather and the bushels. Um, you know, we've got, honestly, a tremendous harvest here um, from basically our store uh, south through our whole area. It's just been, you know, corn bushels have been really well, really good, um, and same way with soybean harvests. Um, some guys are hitting some records for their farms, and, and so that's good. Yeah, it seems like what I've read so far, uh, concerning harvest is that there, it's a, you know, that way I say a, a big crop gets bigger and it seems like it's doing that. Everyone I've talked to so far haven't heard too many people say that they're missing yields. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the market plays out uh, as far as commodities go through the end of the year. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's definitely helped, um, you know, the used equipment side. We had at least in the last 30 to 45 days, uh, we have sold quite a few used combines. Um, quite a few used uh, uh, platforms, flex drapers, uh, you know, more than we uh, honestly anticipated. So that side of it for our business has been really strong, and we're very pleased with that. Um, most guys, you know, most guys won't uh, buy them combines in the middle of the season, it seems like, but uh, this year that's not the case. Guys, you know, a quarter of the way through or halfway through, they either added a combine or traded combines, and so that really helped us out. Yeah, it seems like there is some activity here of late, and I'm seeing the same thing. Michael, you seeing the same thing up there? You guys are pretty active and and uh, at least kicking tires, anyhow. Yeah, we've um, like I said, we've got most guys that have finished up up here, and uh, guys are definitely going around kicking tires now. I mean, we're a few guys buy some combines during season, and now we got a couple of the guys with uh, this. We got uh, below zero temperatures and six inches of snow, so the guys that don't have the corn done now they're coming in looking for an extra combine, you know, an extra head to get going. So, yeah, we, I mean, we definitely got uh, people looking, and, you know, there's a couple of these guys that are trying to finish up. They're definitely uh, looking for that extra machine right now. What do you see um, with the equipment that you're working with now? Where, where's the uh, – what's the hot spot right now for guys? I mean, obviously you talked about combines right there a little bit, but what what's the what's the other piece of equipment uh, that you guys are looking at, uh, your customers are looking at from uh, from a used equipment standpoint? I would I would say for us I think it's uh, we're still still focused on combines um, just to try to you know continue that push that that we've been on here for the last 30 45 days. Um, also, one big surprise for our area uh, are flex platforms. I think we all went through two or three years ago the big downturn in in flex platforms, and this year I mean we went out on the market and bought a few flex platforms because we were out. And then we started trading for more of them. And it seems like as soon as we traded for them, put them on the Internet, we sold them. And so the flex platform market, 625, 630, 635 flex platform market really surprised me. And, um, you know, the cornhead market was maybe obviously not as strong, but uh, 
it was still stronger than we anticipated. And so that's kind of been our focus that we're still staying focused on that. But we're also switching and transitioning to ADARs. We have quite a few ADARs in our inventory, and uh, we're starting to get some interest as guys starting to finish harvest. They're starting to do some tillage work, some fertilizer application, and so um, we're starting to turn our focus there. So, Michael, are you seeing the same thing now where you have guys that are coming to the table maybe with the augered flex head like, like Kurt was, or what's your what's your trend right now that you're seeing? Um, our trend up here is more the 640 flex draper. we got guys more looking. We've had more guys come to the table for that. Um, we actually, I actually did have a few guys looking for corn heads too, like as of lately, and um, stuff like that. We've had guys, now most guys have finished up, we've had guys come to the table and you know, more air seeders and planters, and I've had actually interest in sprayers. Our combines are still not too much. In eight hours, we've kind of, guys have been pretty quiet on those. But uh, yeah, just the, the spring, kind of the spring uh, use stuff, we've got a lot of interest in lately. And like I said, the 640 flex shaper is our big one up here, and that, that was one we definitely couldn't keep around as soon as we got it either. So the flex draper market are are you know cutting soybeans as well, but do you have a lot of wheat in your area where you're seeing some some guys lock those up rigid, or or what, is it just primary the the soybean and edible bean crop that you're that you're faced with? No, and we we have quite a few of our growers that do grow some wheat, so that's where the yeah the, the flex draper is big is with the wheat and the soybeans and the edibles. But yeah, we do have quite a few guys that run the small grain. Up there too. Right, yeah, we're seeing a similar thing for us as well. That we have a our, our big trend down here, right? That we've seen that I've seen so far is obviously corn heads because we're in corn season. But we've had a lot of guys that want to buy corn heads from us, get that extra combine, that extra head because they are behind in their in their harvest. So it makes sense that they want to do that. But they we have had a a, a perk up in in uh, corn heads. So Kurt, I want to jump back to you real quick. When you talk about your flex augered marketplace, is that do you think that is driven by just a reinsurgent in demand, or do you feel that price was driving that? Uh, I think, yeah, I think both. I think both of them. I think uh, you know a lot of dealers, at least from my perspective, and at least we did this. You know, we we really dumped a lot of them uh, flex platforms about three years ago that were just hanging around. Two or three years ago that were hanging around. They'd been in inventory a while. It was just time to get rid of them. And then uh, that's the same time that the flex draper um, started to kind of take off as well. And so um, for our market, really the guys that are buying the flex drapers, you know, are the bigger operators. And then the guys now that are buying the flex platforms just don't have, you know, don't have the cash flow to justify a flex draper. Uh, You know, they are expensive, um, takes that many more acres to justify it. And so, Essentially, we sold all them flex platforms out of our market or, I guess, dumped them. And then, you know, we didn't have enough to support the guy that essentially couldn't afford a flex draper. And that's what we're seeing, um, you know, 625, 630, 635. Yeah, it seems like, you know, when you look at those augered flex heads, you can you can really get a pretty nice head for that, you know, fifteen to $20,000 range if you're, you know, if you really know what you're looking for there so i mean it feels like to me that there might be some some pressure for us i I just haven't seen that that come back to us but we're also you know we're we're more the edible beans and and the drapers business is is really a bigger a bigger driver for us when you look at some of those a lot of guys have gone to a direct cut away from like maybe a, a picket uh head of of sorts so um that's getting to be a bigger deal in that 
that uh, Flex Draper has gotten to be a bigger and bigger part of that farming operation. Yeah, and, and it concerns, uh, you know, it's something that I'm going to keep my eye um, on really closely is because as we as we trade for more of these flex platforms, I don't want to get ourselves in the same situation where we have an abundance of these flex platforms and then we have to end up done it, dumping them again like we did a few years ago because there's essentially no buyers for them. So really want to keep a close eye on that market um, because more and more guys are going to these flex drapers that maybe in the last couple of years said they couldn't justify it. Well, now all their neighbors are getting flex drapers. So, you know, maybe I can justify it. And so we're getting definitely an uptick in the guys that are buying the flex draper. And I just don't know where that uh, flex platform market is going to go. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Interesting. Yep. Michael, when you look up at your area, what trends are you looking at now that uh, maybe you're following that, that maybe you have a sense of concern for? Um, I guess in our area, the trends, we got a lot of guys that haven't done much in a few years and they're looking to move into some newer equipment. So, we, you know, we're getting a lot of these guys coming to the table with these 13s and 12s and we're getting an abundance of them. So it, it's finding the right you know, these one-year, two-year-old machines that these guys would, you know, a couple hundred hours on them. And that's uh, the trends we've had now is that's what guys are looking for. We've had a couple things come in lately. And, I mean, we've had multiple deals going on as soon as they've hit the, you know, hit the lot. So the trends are, I mean, guys up here just looking to move into some newer equipment, you know, after waiting for a few years. And um, I think that uh, is going to be a big one. Planters, I think, used planters are going to be a, I think this spring is going to be a big thing for us because we haven't had many in the past year or two. So guys are starting to look at that and sprayers. That's that one's been very surprising is how much sprayers have really. Um, a lot of guys looking for sprayers right now. The R series, you know, that's the guys are going to, and that's what we're um, trying to find guys. Yeah, it seems like we've talked about the planners quite a bit on on this podcast about you know the the speed and accuracy and and the efficiency of the new planner and how that how that plays out, but. This come up a couple times. When you guys look at your used tillage marketplace, do you see that there's uh, maybe some stagnation there that, that needs to be maybe addressed a little bit, or do you feel like in your area tillage is still still a vibrant market? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, tillage, tillage is interesting. You know, it seems like uh, new companies are coming out with the latest, greatest things, and it seems like the uh, customers grab a hold of that on tillage and think that's, you know, going to be the next greatest thing to use and then they forget what they you know maybe have out to bring the challenge to our table because who's the next buyer for that piece uh, if it's you know if it's not going over as well as everybody thought so tillage to me is probably one of the trickiest things to land a, a number on a number well uh, in our area we've um you know the field cultivator is kind of so-so but uh like in the chisel plow we do a lot of chisel plowing up in this country and that has been a very hot item this year you know, we we can I, I had a few of them going into this fall and they all disappeared. Um, I think the reason with the field cultivator is the new one coming out, the new style of field cultivator. I think it's gonna change what guys think of the 2210. But like I said, the, the 2410 chisel plow has been very a very good thing for us this fall. I wish I had a few more of them, just because guys were looking for them. But uh, it's tillage in our area is always pretty good. It's uh, like vertical till stuff that. We struggle with with all the other options out there that we've struggled with, but like the, the chisel plot market has still been very good in our in our area. 
We'll get back to Casey, Kurt, and Michael in a moment, but first a quick word from the company who made this podcast possible, Iron Solutions. Iron Solutions has deep roots in the ag industry with products for producers, dealers, manufacturers, ag retailers, and service providers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com to see solutions that streamline your operations, improve productivity, reduce costs, and speed your growth. And now a quick word from Casey Seymour from Moving Iron LLC. Hello, I'm Casey Seymour, and I want to thank Farm Equipment Magazine for partnering with me to bring you the Farm Equipment Podcast Series, Use Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps. The podcasts are taken from my weekly podcast, Moving Iron Podcast. Moving Iron Podcast is a podcast designed for ag equipment dealers by ag equipment dealers. The weekly podcast focuses on current events and trends across the ag equipment marketplace in North America. Along with dealers, I interview the biggest names in the ag industry. Chip Nellinger of Blue Reef Ag and Marketing is a regular guest talking about commodity markets and risk management. You can also hear guests like Greg Machinery Pete Peterson and Tyne Morgan of the U.S. Farm Report. If you are in the ag equipment business or have an interest in the ag equipment business, this is a must listen for you. You can find the podcast at movingironllc.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Also at movingironllc.com, you can find information on the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from the Moving Iron blog. Throughout the year, there will be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you would like, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. Thanks, Casey. Casey, Kurt, and Michael started their conversation reviewing how harvest went and the appetite for used combines during harvest. They also touched on tillage equipment and how it differs for Heritage Tractor, where in their market, it can be hard to find the second buyer, and True North Equipment, where there was a high demand in their area. Let's get back to the program now and listen in as Casey and the guys discuss the auction marketplace. They also share their take on how 2017 went sales-wise, their expectations for year-end sales, and their outlook for 2018. So let's jump into the to the auction marketplace real quick. So take a look at what you see sell bill wise coming out, and I just looked through a Sullivan auction uh, sell bill here on a couple pretty big auctions they have coming up. And what's your feel for the marketplace, the auction marketplace, and how do you think it's going to affect the rest of twenty? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to play a a role uh, for sure in our area. You know, um, I feel there where Sullivan said there from the first of November to the end of December, they're going to have a record number of auctions, uh, you know, so that definitely plays into, I think our market for sure. Um, I'm getting a lot of sale bills just in the mail that, uh, you know, some, some dealers that are uh, doing some absolute auctions or no reserve auctions. And so quite a few combines on there and tractors and everything else. So I think the auction is something probably to watch for the rest of the year. I think that's where a dealership has to really shine and step up and have their sales guys out there um, beating the doors and saying, asking for the business and coming up with a good interest program, uh, you know, selling the dealership, not just the piece of equipment, but selling the dealership and the value that we bring to the table. Um, up yeah. here, I guess we, we don't have any auction houses really close. We have Stephens, they do two a year up in this area. and. Um, I, I looked over sale bill a little bit. It's going to be a good size auction, but you know, we, it doesn't really change our game plan. We, we know when there's auctions in the area, we'll get a few more calls from guys asking questions, but um, you know, our salesmen are try to go out and talk to the guys. And we, um, as a company, we're 
big into recon and machines. So I, that's one plus for us is we really go the extra mile trying to make sure we give them a good piece of equipment, you know, going to the auction and never know what they're going to get. And we've had a few customers burned on some auctions that way. So that kind of helps in our favor, you know, with doing the recon and setting them up for that. But, I mean, it's definitely always there. We have guys that definitely uh, go out and shop at the auctions, but they, they usually come back. But... It's always going to be there, but it doesn't really change our plans here for a year end. Look, I keep a close eye on the auction place just to make sure that to know what your risk is, and then also to know kind of what the uh, kind of where you should price stuff comparatively, and 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 being being competitive with what your dealership can bring to the marketplace. You know, so I would say um, very similar to what you both said. I think there's going to be some some bigger auctions out there that are going to um, absolutely drive some drive some buying. You know, that's going to come from that, and there's going to be um, but there's also going to be plenty of opportunity for dealers too. I think they're going to be out there looking for stuff. I think people right now are looking for good quality piece of equipment that, that they don't have to spend a ton of money on. And that is one of the things at the auction that you have to be leery of. And, and I think guys are familiar with that enough to, to know that. But I think long run, I feel like this could be a pretty good quarter coming into the last quarter of the year like this uh, to sell some used equipment. So we've, we've kind of hit on it already a little bit. Um, talked about, you know, 2017 going in, but from a retail perspective, let's hope that we can get, you know, the, the fall crop cut and, and out. Kurt, what do you think your end of the year is going to look like? And are, are you kind of expecting, are you where you kind of expect to see things at, or do you, do you, are you a little ahead of schedule for what you would have expected as far as sales go? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, 16 was tough for our area. And, um, you know, we went into 17 with, uh, a lot of enthusiasm and, 17, you know, with some of the deers programs that they came out uh, out with, it definitely helped uh, on the new side. And uh, I think we're going to end up with 17, um, looking back and calling it a really good uh, considering the market. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's from the new perspective and the used perspective. We was able to lower, lower a lot of dollars on used inventory that we needed to lower um, in 17. And we're not going to take our foot off the throttle we're going to continue to push forward in the 18 uh, both on the new side and and the used side because i think uh some of these guys they just haven't bought for two or three years or, or longer and these guys probably some of them need to upgrade need to update and uh so them guys we already started seeing some of them guys walk in the dealership and, and uh pricing stuff and so we're glad to see that um and so if we can continue to carry that on through 18, um, and I think we will, it'd be great. Um, you know, I think deer's going to hit quarter one, looks like, aggressively on their new programs and, and try to get some of that activity started early. And then uh, we're going to do the same thing on the youth side. We're going to hit some, some of them programs that get aggressive on the interest rates, um, help them with some of the power guard maybe, and, and try, to, try to hit the used uh, hard as well. Yeah, was, yeah, same thing. I mean, we're trying to hit the power guard deal and the interest rate thing, and and um, you know, quoting a lot of leases and the, just whatever we can do do to be creative with uh, with you know helping customers be efficient, and make money. Michael, what are you seeing up your way? Uh, yeah, like Kurt said, I mean, seventeen has been actually a good a good surprise. We've uh, we've had a lot of guys come to the table early, and um, we uh, rolled some guys into some new stuff, so we'll have some. Uh, late model stuff coming in here in late 17 and uh i think that's going to drive some sales we get 
like I said, we got snow on the ground now, but most guys were able to get everything done and get most of the equipment put away in the shed. So now they're starting to kick tires, and uh, we're we're expecting a very good uh, end of year here. You know, guys got to talk to their tax now and see where they're at. And but uh, it sounds like there's going to be a good uh, beats. There's going to be good beats. Uh, payment and everything coming, so I think we're very we're very optimistic with what guys uh, are going to do yet this uh, this winter. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a pretty good year in, and I, I probably more than what we expected. Um, it's really coming together a lot better than I than I had anticipated. But um, I like I like those kind of surprises. Um, so now let's take a look at 2018. Um, 2018 starting out, you know. Last couple of years, the first two or three months have always seemed to be a little bit uh, slow starting and, and kind of moving things along. How do you guys feel 2018 is going to start, and what are some of the strengths and weaknesses you see that, that out there for you in your particular area as far as the as equipment goes? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It seems like we're getting them cold months in January, at least in our area, January, February. Um, seems like it's hard to get somebody, some of the guys um, motivated to buy but I think, um, you know, on the new side with deer coming out with some first quarter programs for our area, um, they want to hit the ground running. I think that'll help on the youth side. Um, you know, it's, we're just going to go out there and we're going to have to, you know, get them stirred up. I think, I think for the planners, I think it'll be interesting. I, I think, uh, that's what we're seeing in the market from my perspective is the used planners. There's uh, more guys asking about them. Um, the newer, later, late model planners, um, just because, you know, there hasn't been as much on the market. And then also sprayers. You know, sprayers were hot for us in 17, um, and I think they will continue in 18. And um, so we're looking at them two things uh, really closely. And then, like I said, we've got quite a few 8R tractors, so we're going to try to hit them uh, pretty hard to try to get some guys to do some trading this fall and then next spring. So that's kind of our focus, I think, for the the end of the year and then first first quarter for eighteen is focus on them three items and and uh, hopefully turn some profits on them. Yeah, I would agree with, with that, Michael. What do you see? See something similar? Or do you have uh, have something different out there? Yeah, no, I pretty much hit it on the head there. Yeah, our um, eighteen looks uh, promising. You know, we got, like I said, we've got guys that haven't done anything in a few years, and I'm pretty sure they're anxious to get to the table. So. On the new side, I think we'll see some of that, and then that'll um, drive some more used sales. Like I said, um, planners is a big one. We're going to see a lot of guys come to the table with these used planners, looking to update or go a little bigger. Uh, sprayers, that was another one. Sprayers, like I said, has been hot, and I think it's just going to get better as we go on here when we trade a few more R-series in. Um, I think our, uh, our weakness on that is going to be four-wheel drives. Um, some of our used four-wheel drives, and uh, roll crop, we've um, our four wheel drive market has really um, kind of went down, especially like those 2013 models. We have the high horsepower 9560s, and um, our roll crop has slowed down some. And, and that might change here in 18 if we uh, if we can trade in a few um, late model early uh, or low houred machines. It's the higher houred machines, the 13s and the 12s that we uh, been kind of stagnant on, and hopefully that'll change. But it's the four wheel drive market is our biggest weakness, but for 18, I think I'm uh, very optimistic um, overall, and we'll just, you know, some of the DS programs, hopefully some of this, uh, we can move this used equipment as we try and bring in some new sales, too. Yep, I would agree with that. I think that uh, when I look at 
some of the strengths and weaknesses that I see out there. For us, uh, I think new planter sales, like, you know, I think everyone said that on this podcast so far, that, that the used planter marketplace is going to be a strong one, and I feel like there's going to be plenty of guys that are that are out looking to update their planter because they haven't had they haven't done so in quite a while. So it's going to give them a uh, kind of a, uh, a reason to come to the table. I think we're going to see some uh, trend-wise um, that I'm – some strengths that I'm looking for is – the age and hours on the equipment that we're seeing. I think some reconditioning costs are going to drive guys to uh, maybe to maybe trade their equipment when they would have normally uh, maybe just repaired it. But um, some guys have been kind of stringing this stuff along with, with some duct tape and bailing wire for quite a while. So they're going to uh, be forced to do some, some major repairs, and that could drive some guys to, to trade, in, and I'm thinking. so. But I'm uh, going to echo that to uh, – with the tillage thing, uh, I feel like some of our tillage equipment, uh, used tillage equipment, is getting to be a little bit stagnant and stale. Um, and um, we have guys looking for stuff, but what they're looking for, are, you know, is always the stuff that we don't have. Um, it feels like so. Um, vertical tillage equipment in our area is getting to be more and more popular, um, and there's a lot. The demand has grown over the years to the point now where there's a lot of vertical tillage stuff uh, taking place. So. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe some some used combine sales and and uh, filling some gaps in our inventory with uh, some used tractors and stuff that are out there. Maybe filling that late and low model stuff and in, in that 1500 hour, 2000 hour stuff as well. So um, looking forward to 18. I feel like it's we it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be similar to 17 as far as as uh, revenue goes for a lot of guys. But I feel like we are we're hitting that bottom and I feel like we're, uh, we're going to start looking forward to uh, moving up instead of going down all the time. So, well guys, I feel like we've kind of, we've covered the gambit here on, on a lot of different topics. Kurt, do you have anything that you want to add before we close it down? No, I think, uh, I think I'm good. I appreciate it. Okay, man. Michael, do you have anything you want to add? No, I just uh, want to say thank you to Moving Iron. This is a, a great uh, podcast. It's fun to listen to what other guys are doing in the country, and we can't talk to everyone every day. So listening to this, you kind of catch up with different parts of the world to see what's going on and see what everyone else is doing. So I appreciate it, and thank you. Yep, and I, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast, and I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks, Casey, Kurt, and Michael. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels, including an SP Expert feature on our website, where you can ask him your questions directly. Check it out at farm-equipment.com backslash askthexpert. You can also catch extended podcasts from Casey on the Moving Iron Podcast, available on SoundCloud. Thanks once again to Iron Solutions for sponsoring this series. Iron Solutions provides dealers like you with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. The Iron Search and Iron Guide suite of solutions is all about managing each dealership more efficiently and profitably. While Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your used equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You, are also, you can also keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. We hope you'll tune in with us for our next episode on January 4th. For Casey, Kurt, Michael, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.